Blog Talk Radio. This is the year of the soldier. This is, you know, stand up or, or fall back. You know, I don't really have time to be worried about whether you fuck with me or whether you don't. You know, I, I own a brand called Zero Fucks. Like, do you think that I give a fuck whether you fuck with me or not? I fuck with you. We have a million other things that we could be talking about, we could be doing it right now. I think that my duty is to other human beings. You don't gotta fuck with me, I fuck with me. You know what I'm saying? These people that buy my brand, they fucks with me. You think that I see because you're in such pain that you see, you, you think that everybody sees how much in pain you are. Because I'm, I'm coming out a little bit stronger this year. Like, I'm guillotining everybody. People that are coming to me to help, healing, they on that. They literally, they right here. y'all i am here and it is tell the truth tuesday february 13 2018 it is valentine's day eve and i gotta tell you all i think about when i think of valentine's day is the goddamn valentine's day massacre so i think but you know it's a day for people to show love you know we're learning now that love is the highest vibration 2018 i keep telling you guys is the year of the soldier so you know i'm trying to have a better week um, I'm obviously going to pay tribute to my friend Shan uh, Tomorrow's Valentine's Day The 8th, February 8th Marked five years since my book But due to the fact that my friend passed shortly before that um, There's an issue with me and appropriateness And I feel like certain things at certain times are appropriate And certain things are not And um, for a few days I didn't post Because I felt like, you know In death it's like everything stops and, you know, my mom used to always tell me, it's like, literally, it's like the most, the best thing she ever said to me. And she said three words, Denise, life goes on. And she said, so while you're mourning a death over here, someone else over there is giving life, giving birth. You know, someone over here is taking their first steps. Someone over here is, you know, buying their first car. Someone over here is being paralyzed. But at no point in time does life not go on. So you have a choice. And I think that it helped me a lot with my mental health to think about I have a choice to say, am I going to let this fucked up thing bother me every single day and not live my life and be available for the people that love and care for me and would literally kill for me? Or am I going to make the most of it and you you know, you guys came out in, in the hundreds and hundreds, close to a thousand, listened to the show um, that I actually deleted, as stated. And I'm sitting here drinking my rosé from Megalomaniac, uh, the rosé bubbly, by the way, from Megalomaniac Vineyard. Thank you to Warren and thank you to Gavin. It's not a celebration, but, you know, I feel good. Because after that death, I thought that, especially if you guys heard the heartfelt show, y'all know, 
thousand percent across the world, that is not me. My defense mechanism is anger, you know, and it just didn't display like that because there was just nothing left to fight for, you know. But with her passing, I was very, very afraid that I was going to be slumped back into depression or just malnutrition, you know, anything bad. You know, like Aleister Crowley said, I I want um, anything bad or good but just strong. And it didn't. It actually gave me responsibility. Like it, it made me, her death made me feel like, okay, it's not even go harder. It's like, bitch, it's time. Like, you keep being nice to people, you ain't pulled your dick out. I mean, the proverbial dick. I don't have a dick, obviously. I I do not desire to be a man. So for all you motherfuckers, it's like, ah, I knew it. Nah. I've never shitted on nobody, not recently, and I've never pulled my dick out. I don't think I've pulled my dick out since Super Bowl in Tampa when me and my girl, you know, was let motherfuckers talk to us crazy, and then we just drove off in the five, in the five hundred. Like I, I don't think that I've I've shitted on anybody since then, just because there was no purpose. Like for what? I'd rather learn you something or teach you something about me than to shit on you, because you don't know who the fuck you're talking to, and you don't know what you're saying is agitating me, and it just really is going against my core being of who I am, and it's not in my DNA. So with this passing, which the memorial services are supposed to be held on the 17th, from what I understand, there comes great responsibility. I feel like whatever was blocked in me, I'm about to get upset, oh, my God, um, whatever was blocked in me, it's gone. And I and y'all would hear me say on these shows, like, yo, I, I go to write the book, and then it's like another chapter just reveals itself. I go to write the book, and another fucking chapter just reveals itself. So we got the coven. We got the sisterhood. We got Tichaba. We got, you know, just everything, spirit. We got my mom. We got my aunt. Like, we have all these things. And now, you know, I'm adding this chapter for Sham. You know, my dedications are always on point with these books. Now, you know, prior to this, I had already been talking to Shantina Moore, who actually is one of the the people at um, Ujima Theater in Buffalo. I mean, she's been doing that for years, and that's her side gig. I mean, she's a motherfucker. I mean, she's, you know, an arch- I say she's like an architectural engineer, like super smart. You know, I've, I've known Shantina for years. And um, DJ Greg Moore, you know, which I – Love his remix, if I could ever find it, wish I could find another, um, by LaRue is one of my favorite songs. Everybody's like, what the fuck is this? This is trans music. But it reminds me of that time, 3, 3M's, The Mirror, DJ Greg Moore, and that was her uncle. And um, we've talked many times about, um, especially recently right at Christmas, about my son being in the theater and me wanting her to you know, let my son be a stagehand and work in the theater because I want my son to be versed in front of the camera as well as behind it. And, um, you know, I had that conversation with her. And so to see all of this, like, come into fruition is is really, you know, that's what we're all trying to do. We're all trying to self-actualize. And so having the passing of a friend, and we talked about, like, she's like, are you still writing? I said, you know I'm still writing. And now I feel the need 
to literally write a play. And I told y'all that this next book, this is my seventh book, was probably going to be my last book because I was going to go into literary um, documents and more so magazine articles and publishing that way because, you know, it's it's a money issue, but it's not. You know, I, I will write for free all day because I can. Um, but I realized that my work has value, and I've really been selling myself short. And, you know, the magazines and all the dreams that I that I hope for, they will accept my writing, you know. And that, so it kind of, it's just, it's crazy because it's like here I am two years ago trying to get in some local magazines and, and print local articles just for free. Like I don't even want you to pay me. And they wouldn't accept my work, some of my best work. And now I have other publishing houses wanting to print that work and actually pay me per word, 1,500 words, 3,000 words. You know, so I guess what I mean is that, you know, my my goals for myself, and I watched this movie the other day. If y'all are following me on Instagram, it's, it's um, at miss.d.scott. And the, and the movie was called Roman J. Israel Esquire. And it's the movie where Denzel looks all fucked up. And shit, but y'all know he had to have a moment in the movie where he put, like, you know, the $1,000 suit on. And um, I, I forget what he said. He said something to the effect of, you know, my disability was self-imposed or self-inflicted, meaning he chose not to get money because he was trying to stay true to his craft and true to his first love, which was being a civil rights attorney, you know, marching and being in litigation for things that matter. And um, he he didn't care about money. And there is this huge misconception that when you're an artist, and, and I'm talking about an artist in anything, you could be a chef, you're still an artist. You can be a landscaper. You're still a fucking artist. All these things are art. Whatever it is that you do and you do it well, that's your art. That's your craft. And there is a common misconception that if you accept money or if you somehow don't live like Basquiat prior to selling the million-dollar painting, that you're not an artist. You haven't struggled. You haven't suffered. And it's not fucking true. There's enough money in the universe for all of us. So if anybody told you that not getting money, like that not getting money, that's your best foot forward, it's a fucking lie. We need it. I like it. Money affords me to be able to do certain things, to take care of myself, and to not land me in situations that some of us that don't have the money or don't have the know-how or don't have the skill or talent to get, they end up in. Okay, so Roman J. Israel came right on time because I'm not sure how it did at the box office, but there was, there's a message definitely in it. And the message that I got out of it was we could put our lives to work out there all day. Okay, this is, you know, you know and, and, and it's sad when you're trying to date because you're like, okay, you go to work, and trust me, I had a doozy this fucking week. Oh, mm. So almost choked on my goddamn rosé. It's so fucking terrible. Mm. A doozy. And I don't know what the fuck, like, I feel like throw the whole man away. Like, I don't know what the fuck in the United States of Villarica fucking niggerdom made you think that you could have this specific conversation that this person had with me. 
And I was very offended. I'm just looking at him like, you nice looking, you're older, you got an older daughter, and you in here, you you talking to me like, and 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 I felt like for the first time I need to pull my dick out because this this motherfucker I don't know who the fuck he thinks he's talking to and I don't present no type of way. I just feel like you've lost your fucking mind and I was very offended, very very offended. So you know what I do when I'm offended? I cut shit off. I don't want to talk. And then of course you know what happens? He says to me, "I'm not a stalker." You will be. I said, and that's why I knew never to touch you. I never even held your hand. I never did not. You couldn't even get past one fucking conversation with me without getting on my motherfucking nerve. Just one nerve, because all I got is one nerve left. This dating shit is fucking horrendous. It's horrendous, because I just don't know who the fuck you're talking to and who you've been dealing with and fucked you up so bad that by the time you get to me, you're not acknowledging who I am. And listen, it's far be it from me to tell you, oh, I've written books, I've done it. No, I want you to think that I'm just a scrub. I love that shit. (laughs) I do. I want you to judge me. I want you to be like, this bitch ain't shit. Like, you don't know nothing about nothing. You don't know about that this hoodie I got on, I own it. You don't know my son got a brain. You don't know anything about me. I think it's fucking great. That's the best kind. And we had a conversation with Saladina before, and we were talking about the fact that, you know, when people do know who you are, and, again, I'm not saying that I'm anybody. I'm just Denise. I'm going to always be this way. But there's a consequence that comes with dealing with me. Okay, there's the consequence of my past, which I had to be reminded of today and yesterday that I was who I was before I fucking got here. And there are certain things that people just don't say about me. They'll say a lot of things. I don't give a fuck about none of it. But when you say certain things, you force me to pull my motherfucking dick out. You really do. You force me to pull my dick out and explain to you in detail why I'm not with the shit and and, and me and you are not the same type of human being. And, you know, again, you know, don't come and tell me what they said about me. No, 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 no. Tell me why they felt comfortable to say it to you, my ninjas. I want to know. Right, Because the funny thing is, is people don't bring me gossip. You know why? Because the first thing out of my mouth is, um, did this, did this conversation make me any fucking money? Don't come and tell me no stupid ass shit like that ever again. Literally, I don't give a fuck if I just was on somebody's jock strap like yesterday. Don't come and tell me nothing about nobody that I ever put my mouth on that is part of my DNA or that I consider a friend. You just, you can't. You can't. Now, until they prove their disloyalty, which, you know, recently they have, okay, do not come. Y'all know, they, people know not to come tell me nothing about nothing. Because my response is not going to be that of a 22-year-old. It's not going to be that of a 32-year-old. It's going to be that of a motherfucker that's been here and is finna pull her dick out and show you why you should have never came and told me what the fuck you told me. Okay? 
until I see it, it's a fucking lie. And that's how I live my life, right? So when you bring me the proof and, and the fact, then we'll talk. This week was also a very exuberant week for me in my craft and what I'm doing for other people because I feel much more loving and spirited when I'm giving back to people and I'm helping them behind the scenes and I'm, you know, writing documents and things like that for people that need it. And I'm not ministering to people but just letting them know, like, I see you. I see you, girl. You're doing you. And I'm I'm so proud of you. You know, and that meant a lot to somebody that, was texting me the one day, and she told me, she was like, you know, I'm so glad. I know you couldn't talk to me for too long, but I was going through my shit, you know. Um, but that means a lot to me. Y'all just don't know that it means a lot to me. Like, y'all are never bothersome to me. And it went from just one girl here and there, one guy here and there, to now I have at least 30 of y'all that I consider my children, you know, that not that you're young, because some of y'all motherfuckers is older than me. But I just feel like I need to watch out for y'all or try to give y'all information when I when I need to. And the biggest sign of maturity came when I realized that I was trying to help a motherfucker that I know that in my time of darkness, need, or disparity would have let me die. They would have. They would have let me die, talk shit about me, and... Um, you know, slander my name like they do, you know, talk shit about me to other motherfuckers like they do, claim that they never gave a fuck about me or we was never friends or we was never this, like they do. I know that. And so my growth comes from being able to let go of those type of situations to say they no longer serve me. Because when you're a God, people serve you, right? That's what we tell our children, right, that you're a God, you're a goddess, you're, you know, made in God's image, right? That's what you tell people. And... um you know, the, the disloyalty is really what's bothersome to me because never in the history of life has anyone ever, like, it's almost like giving me a murderous sensation that it would even be insinuated after everything I've gone through with past relationships and people and just with life and death situations right now and, you know, I, I just, I don't have time, you know. My girl just passed away. She was 43 years old. I got another friend. He's getting ready to go through a major surgery. He's 41, okay. Motherfuckers is out here really not recovering from surgeries right now. Motherfuckers is out here really dying. And so you would be very, very confused if you thought that I want to sit here and argue with motherfuckers every day about how they should treat their family or about how they should treat their spouse or their significant other or about how they should treat me. Why is it that we can go back throughout eternity and time and every motherfucker that I've ever fucked with know what they need to do to get back in better graces and to have a conversation with me and to make me happy. I'm just very confused why that's that's such a problem. My father, the great Marquisel, um, he used to always tell me, you know, people are going to always be disposable to you, Denise, because you put yourself in a position where you don't need them. He says, so the man that's going to love you, 
he's going to have a hard time. And my father was very regretful for that because he's like, here I am. I just wanted you to not be like your mom, so self-sufficient on men. And, you know, my, my, you know, my parents had a good marriage, and my mother remarried again 17 years before she passed. My mother was the marrying type, but she was beautiful. So, I mean, it is what it is. She was smart. She was, you know, cunning, cunning to say the least. But, you know, it's just very difficult to watch, and you gave them the blueprint, which is just what I told y'all not to do, and they still can't get it, you know. And you see people that haven't been in communication with you for years that get it. And I posted a quote today from a text message. I'm going to read it because it's something that made me really happy. And the text message said, um, you seem like you need one of them forehead kisses today. And I said, yeah, with tears in my eyes. And they said, well, if this means anything to you, you are still the same, but you feel different. And I truly believe that you will do the most constructive thing in this instance. Whatever you do, I support it. And what they meant by you feel different, meaning I'm the same Denise, right? I'm a mother. I, you know, I care about people more than I should. I try to look after people more than I should. But at the same time, I've come into this protective space where I have to protect my image, I have to protect my aura, aura, I have to protect my family, and I have to protect those that I care about around me. If you happen to fall outside that circle or become one of the people that I give zero fucks about, nothing that happens to you is my fucking problem, and nothing that happens to you is my concern. I quite frankly don't give a fuck, really. And that's part of my illness, okay? And so I said, thank you. That means a lot. I do feel a great sense of responsibility to human beings, and I feel like my latest work is going to be fire. And I feel like that because, you know, people think that this, you know, walking in light and, um, you know, it's just easy. It's not. You know, sometimes I don't sleep at night because I'm burdened by your problems or this one's problems or his problems. And, um, you know, I just want to really worry about myself. You know what I mean? I just want to worry about my family and my son's sanity and, and, you know, making sure that my mom's situation is okay, making sure my brothers are okay. Like, I can't keep bringing in other people like, like they love me like I love them because they don't. And that's a very disheartening thing for me because it takes a lot for me to love a friend or love a lover. You know, and it's really one of those eternal things. And so when you get drunk and you tell me things like, you know that deep down in your heart that I love you, you have to understand that time does not exist with me. So maybe in that moment you loved me, but... Tomorrow you won't You're going to hate me And you're going to resent me Because everything I told you came true And you know that Our tethering Which is what we call of the hearts Is is weakening Because every day that I spend Away from my beloved Or somebody that I love The fight I just I don't, I don't want to go to war For you or with you anymore And so where some men or women think that, you know, silence is golden or, you know, time heals all wounds, it's not true. 
sometimes it makes bigger wounds. And so 2018 is the year of the soldier. And if you're not going to stand by me when it's time to go through hell, uh, I'm just really not feeling like, you know, you need to be around. And I'm just in such a better place right now, and I'm so thankful to Shan for exposing me to the fact that love is just the highest vibration that you can give. So even if I'm not in love, which I'm not, you know, I can still give love, and I'm still going to be blessed for that. And that's, like, an amazing feeling. And so, again, because I don't think that I gave it too much time, I'm going to play one of my favorite songs right now. It makes me so fucking happy. Daniel Caesar, get you, and I swear this will be the last time for, like, two weeks I'm going to play him. <laughs> Could it? 